I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 575 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, we are a few days away from Super Bowl 56 between the L.A. Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. And if you were a kid who grew up just really in love with the NFL, you always dreamed about playing in the Super Bowl someday. I think that was every kid who's really been a diehard NFL fan. That was always a big dream. I think the only thing that could possibly supersede that would be watching your son play in the NFL Super Bowl. And that is exactly what today's guest is going to be doing on Sunday. Jimmy Chase joins me on the podcast today. His son is NFL standout wide receiver Jamar Chase. He has just been crushing it this year for the Cincinnati Bengals to really help put them over the top and into the Super Bowl this year. Jimmy's son Jamar has quickly emerged as one of the best players in the NFL. He was selected last year with the fifth overall pick in the NFL draft by the Cincinnati Bengals after having sat out his final year of college over at LSU where he and his current quarterback, Joe Burrow, once won a national championship game. They are reunited on the Bengals, and now they are playing for the championship in the NFL. Jimmy has watched with pride as his son has just crushed Bengals team records on his way to becoming an NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. But how do you keep such a talented young man grounded in reality and protected from all the people that will be trying to take advantage of him? We're going to talk about that and so much more. Jimmy Chase will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Jimmy Chase was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between the father of the standout wide receiver and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and be sure you keep it locked into First Class Fatherhood here for more of my Super Bowl coverage. First Class Fatherhood was invited by the NFL once again to participate in Super Bowl Media Day. It is my fourth consecutive year where I've had the pleasure of interviewing the players and the coaches who will be competing in the Super Bowl, the NFL's biggest game. So I'll be bringing you more of the highlights and clips from all the dads that will be participating in Super Bowl 56 between the Rams and the Bengals. So lock it in, subscribe to First Class Fatherhood. So much more on that coming soon. And listen, if you're just an NFL fan go through the archives of the podcast you're gonna see my interviews with so many nfl dads uh, that i've had the honor of speaking to about fatherhood and family life including tom brady Deion sanders terrell davis ronnie lott edger and james also if you're a rams fan kurt warner's been on the podcast if you're a Bengals fan former quarterback carson palmer Really, I've had a dad who has played on every team in the NFL, so no matter what your favorite team is, you'll find a dad that's played on that team somewhere in the archives of the podcast. And listen, Sunday marks the end of the NFL season, but hockey is in full swing, basketball is still going on, and you know that baseball is right around the corner. If you want to help support this podcast and save a few bucks on your tickets, buy your tickets at SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app, and at the checkout, use the promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS. You will save $20 on your tickets. So get over to SeatGeek.com, use the promo code FIRSTCLASS, and save 20 bucks on your tickets. Uh, Help support the podcast here and save a few bucks while you do it. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the upcoming guest announcements. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider hitting me with a review over on Apple Podcasts. goes a long way to help me out. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about the podcast. Uh, every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list and let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Jimmy Chase. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Mm-hmm. 
joining me now, First Class Father Jimmy Chase. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. How you doing? How you doing? All right. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here today. Let's just start like this. How many kids do you have? How old? All right. I got four kids. Uh, let me see. 30, 28, uh, 29, and uh, 21, Jamar. And then I have a young one. It's mine, hers, and ours. And I got another one that's uh, 15, 14. 14. Very cool. I got four kids myself. So uh, if you could hear, Jimmy, uh, hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Well, uh, it's a good question, right? Because most people don't ask me. I'm a, uh, I'm a social worker and a counselor by trade, you know, and uh, a psychologist. I got a degree in psychology and social work and substance abuse. So I work along with the youth and uh, underprivileged kids, you know, try to help them become better in life. You know, I'm also a social worker. Yeah, awesome, important work. I'm a recovering alcoholic and addict myself, so uh, definitely need you out there in the world too. So if you could take me back to the beginning of your fatherhood journey, then about how old were you when you first became a dad and how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? Well, I would say I was about 26 when I first became a dad. And I want to say I was fresh out the wound. I didn't know what I was doing. Okay. Uh, Jamar is my, my last child and uh, my last boy. And um, I finally got it right with him. You know, the, the first two or three, I kind of like screwed it up. But, you know, I got it right at the end. Well, what would you consider, you say, with Jamar, what would you consider to be the top values that you had hoped to instill in him and the rest of your kids as they were growing up? Well, the, the main value I, I still in him was like um, being honest, you know, being honest and, and being uh, humble, you know, like not taking things for granted and understanding people, you know, like you, you're in a place where you are more uh, advantageous than others, right? And you're going to have to learn how to give back to some of the people that are less fortunate to you than you are, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, very cool. And I know, obviously, uh, you know, Jamar's had a phenomenal season here in the, in the NFL, made it to the Super Bowl. It's a big deal. Uh, I know in college, one of the things that he sat out his senior year and that became, you know, kind of controversial, right thing, wrong thing. What was your advice to him during that time period? What was your take on that? Well, we talked about that uh, for a, a period of time. And, you know, I told him I would back him up with whatever he wanted to do. But he needs to start thinking about his future and not thinking about right now, you know, and it's like you need to start planning for tomorrow instead of always looking at today. He was just looking at today and, you know, things, a lot of things was happening. A lot of things were unsure. So I asked him to wait and be patient. And he kind of like made a decision on his own, you know, but I told him I would support him however you do that. Yeah, what was it like for you as a dad then to see him after sitting out the season still being drafted with the number five overall pick in the NFL draft? What was that moment like for you as a dad? Oh, that was awesome, man. You know, uh, we had a lot of we had a lot of uh, what you want to say um, information on how things may go, you know, with him sitting out. So it wasn't a shot in the dark, but we had, we were in contact with some people who was giving us some advice and uh, with the. Uh, outlook maybe or how it might turn out. So we had some pretty good information. And, you know, once he go out there and put on the show and, you know, with his pro day and stuff like that, everything will fall in place. Yeah. And, and Jimmy, if you could, I mean, r right now, 
the competition to try to get into colleges or get attention from colleges, uh, very challenging. I know today they have all the different kind of ways with media now where you can have access to more people seeing you than before. Uh, so it makes it that much more competitive. Uh, but what kind of, I, I believe Jamar committed uh, to uh, Florida before going uh, with LSU. So what, if you could, what, what kind of advice could you give to the parents out there whose kids are trying to make this decision on what college to commit to, what should they be looking for, and what advice could you give them for that process? That's another great question, too. You know, the, the advice that I would give parents is, you know, uh, you have to make decisions that are best to fit you, like the kid and the parent. You know, uh, you're going to get wherever you want at whatever college you go to. You know, it's like you got to look at if you want to see your son play, traveling, you know, uh, what kind of offense they have, you know, what kind of defense they have, where you fit at it on a depth chart. You know, do your research. That was the main part that I instilled in Jamal. Do your research. You know, uh, the guy wanted him to go to Georgia, right? And Georgia is a good school. I ain't had no problem with Georgia. But I'm like, how many receivers does Georgia have on the does Georgia have on the team? And he didn't know. And I did the research and showed him they have 14 receivers, right? Not to say that you can't pass them all, but why would you go to a team with 14 receivers and they don't even throw the ball? You know what I'm saying? So these are the things that you have to do and, you know, look at it, research, and then make your decision off of that. But do whatever benefits you the most and not the team, you know, because you're the one that's going to be in this. Yeah, very well said, Jimmy. And what about as far as discipline goes? What type of disciplinarian are you as a dad? And is that different than the discipline style you grew up with? Oh, yeah, it was very much different than the style I grew up. I didn't have the father figure over me at home. I was raised by a mother. And as long as we did things, she was happy. You know, uh, you know how a mother is. Dad is more strict. I've been, I was more strict on Jamal. He didn't like it at the time, but he understood it now, you know. And, you know, I was hard on him, you know, because I told him, you're going to be out here one day on your own and I'm not going to be with you. So I want you to learn how to be a man before, you know, I'm not around to help you be the man, you know. So I was, I was kind of hard on him. Yeah, and you mentioned there, too, growing up without that father figure. I, Jimmy, I talk on this show all the time about the fatherless crisis that we have going on in our country. we got so many kids growing up without a father or a father figure in their life, and it really takes a devastating toll you know, on our society there. So um, what's your take on that? Well, it's like it played a major part in, in my life. You know, uh, as a kid, as a teenager, you make decisions and you think you know it all, and you don't know it all. You know, what, what people don't understand, I was the same type of athlete that Jamar is, right? And I was all district, all state in high school and went to college, but I made my own decisions. And the decisions that I made wasn't the best decisions. You know what I'm saying? Mama was just happy that I got a scholarship to college and, you know, she wasn't in, in she wasn't involved in a in the process, in the decision making process. And I was doing all of that my my own and I and when I made the, the wrong decisions. I beat myself up, you know, because I was mad because I did I should have did this and I should have did that, you know. So now I'm at a place where I can help him learn how to make those decisions and process it and come out with a favorable outcome instead of being mad with yourself and not uh, achieving your goals. Well, I think along with that, too, Jimmy, with the success that your son has had so early on here in his life, that brings with it a lot of people that could be looking to take advantage of him throughout his now career. And one of those categories could be in the dating world. Now, my oldest is only 15, so I'm just on the onset here of that whole thing. But what kind of advice have you kind of given uh, Jamar, especially uh, about dating and about social life and about his friends? 
Yeah, well, I, I try to get them to understand that, you know, you're a little different. You know, it's not your fault. It's not anything that you do. It's just that you're different. So you have to go about things different, right? And with you being different, people look at you different. So you have to be cautious about people that you meet and stuff like this, right? When, along with his friends, I kind of like talk to them. I let them know what Jamar's agenda is. You know, this is what Jamar is trying to do. This is what we're trying to do. So if you want to be around, if you want to be in the picture, this is what you have to do. If you don't do this, you're going to be out, you know. So I set the goal. I set boundaries. I tell him what to do, what not to do. Sometimes he listen. Sometimes he don't. You know, that's just a kid. But I give him the information. And I tell him all the time. Only thing I can do is give you the information. Now, what you do with it, that's on you. Yeah, well said. And what what is Jamar's relationship like with your other kids? Are they close? Do they not have a relationship together? What is it like with Jamar and the rest of your kids? Oh, he's very close with his brothers and sisters, you know, uh, even though Jamar is 10 years younger than them. Right. And he used to get beat up by them most of the time. Right. He uh, he forgive them. And, you know, but he's we're all a real close family. I make sure all my kids are real close and knit tight, you know. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I'm actually the youngest of seven from a blended family myself. My oldest brother is 23, 24 years older than me. So I understand what that type of relationship looks like. But I, and I do know just from trying to search uh, Jamar, so many of the stories that I read about always are tied into his family growing up and, and his tight uh, relationship. And I know I saw your father Father's Day message, I believe it was, uh, to Jamar, which I thought was uh, very touching. Uh, so what what is this Super Bowl Sunday? Where are you going to be? Where are you watching the game? Oh, we're going to be in uh in SoFi Stadium. Okay, that's where I'm watching the game at. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Now, one of the things I ask a lot of the NFL dads that I have on the podcast here because it's a difficult decision for a lot of the fathers or a lot of parents really is when to let their kids play tackle football with all the dangers that go along with it, uh, the right. CTE stuff that's been reported, false or true. Uh, what, In your opinion, when did Jamar start playing tackle football? What do you think is a good age uh, for young kids to start playing tackle? I think around 9 or 10 is a good age. I know he started around 9 or 10. He was like a late bloomer, you know what I'm saying? But he started around that time, and we really did it just to burn up some energy, you know. He's a real hyper kid, and he was real active, and me and Mama wanted to lay down and rest at night. Okay, so we I came up with a bright idea. Let him go play some football and just run it off. Didn't know it was going to turn into something like this, you know, <laughs> but I'm glad it did. <laughs> wow, what a moment in time there. And I know I've seen the picture on social media of you and uh, Joe Burrow's dad, uh, Jimmy Burrow there with the cigars. What's your relationship like, and what is it like for you two guys here now to have both of your sons reunited here and in the Super Bowl? What's that like for you guys? Man, it's awesome because it's like, him and I are the only ones that has like experienced this before. This 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 season seems familiar, like the same one we had when we were in Baton Rouge. And we look at each other sometime and be like, can you believe this? Like it's <laughs> happening all over again. You know what I'm saying? So like we never thought we would get this far. And we have, and you know, it's it's turned out to be a pretty cool thing. Well, God bless you. And I know that, uh, you know, this is the first of a long season for your son. It's exciting. Uh, I, I couldn't be happier for you and your family. Uh, last thing I want to hit you with here, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Well, the most important thing is to be in your kid's life, all right? Develop a relationship with your children, right? And be there for them. They need you as a father, you know, um, 
And it's not easy being a father. You know, we take the brunt of all the punishment, but it's a job that we are like uh, being exposed to. That's our job as a father. You know, we take the hits, but it's so important to be active in your son's life because a lot of kids don't have that. And uh, it makes a big difference in their life. Yeah. Very well said. It's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Jimmy Chase, you're a first-class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you so much, Alex. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Jimmy Chase for giving me a few minutes of his time. I know what a busy week this is for him and his family. I really appreciate him stopping by the podcast. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's podcast. I always love to read your feedback. Uh, I wish Jimmy's son, Jamar, the best of luck in the Super Bowl. I'll be pulling for him all the way. Uh, God bless him and his family. If you guys are looking to save a few bucks on your tickets to any sporting event or, or theater or concert, whatever it may be, you can help support the podcast here and save $20 on your tickets by going to SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app. Plug in the promo code at the checkout, First Class. That's one word, First Class, and you'll save $20 on your tickets. You'll find the link down there in today's show notes. That's all I got for you guys today. Make sure you keep it locked in here because I'm going to have all my Super Bowl Media Day coverage coming your way. Uh, so before you get ready to watch the big game, tune back in to First Class Fatherhood. I'll be talking to all the dads, coaching, playing in the game on Sunday. All right, I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Your half-truths and tales As tall as a tree's Got a soft feeling